goodness. Um, I know it's really funny because when Megan asked me to preach on the 24th, I was like, oh, that's my birthday. Um, but it was so sweet of the Lord because I have like been coming out of a really hard season and I was like, no better way to have like vengeance on the enemy than to like do what the Lord has like, get, like gifted me and like given me life for is to like relationship with him and to like share the good news of the gospel and just all the 30 years that he has protected me, been faithful, good to me, kind to me, um, how he's revealed himself to me is just so sweet to be able to celebrate that today with you guys um, and just the Lord. And just I'm so thankful for all that he's brought me through. Um, and so coming up to this time, I had spent the past month, I've been kind of in Joshua um, since the beginning of January. And it was funny because when I was like knew I was preaching, I was in the part and I was like where Joshua was old and, you know, Caleb was old. But, you know, we all know the story of Caleb. And so I had just like written like half of a sermon on Caleb. And I was like, so pumped. I was like, yes, we're going to war on Sunday. Like demons got to go. Like, you know, there is going to be some land that's taken. And, um, and it was like Tuesday and I was kind of starting to feel, I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know now. And then the next day, um, Dutch Sheets actually had posted one of his daily 15s was on Caleb. So I was like, well, maybe I am supposed to do Caleb, but there was something deep down in me that was like, I don't know, Lord, if this, this is not, I don't think this is what you're saying to our body on Sunday. And Travis probably, probably always knows that that's a, a good Sunday when the Lord changes it last minute. And so, but I highly recommend you guys to go read Dutch Sheets 15. You can find them on Facebook. It's really great about Caleb. Um, but I feel like the Lord was like, I'm not actually going to war on Sunday right now. I need you to come to my presence because that's really where the real battle is one in my presence. And he was like, I'm actually resting up here. So why don't you come up here and just remind my people about my presence? And and he started to highlight, because I'd already been in Joshua, um, and he started to highlight, you know, we all know chapter one. That's where we find Joshua. He's about to enter the promised land with all the Israelites. Moses had died. And, you know, he gets the big commission, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, for I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We're all familiar with that portion of Joshua. That's probably what we remember the most about the whole book. And um, Jessica had given a word about courage a few weeks ago at the beginning of the year and how God, you know, for our body that we were going to need some courage this year, like God wanted to give us courage. And so I feel like with the word that he shared with me for today is to see how do we get to that place of courage. And, you know, with Joshua, we think that we just see him and all of a sudden Joshua kind of appears. A lot of the rest of the books are really about Moses and the Israelites as a whole. But with Joshua, I don't believe that Joshua had this moment. He's about to enter the promised land. And all of a sudden God commissions him to do this big battle, to go in and have this crazy mission. And all of a sudden, Joshua, you're going to need to muster up some courage. No, God had actually, if we go back before that and see, actually look at Joshua's life as a whole, you can see God's hand on him and all the, the things that God was showing him, all the things that Joshua saw. And he had a place for that courage because he had been and seen the presence of the Lord. He had seen God. He had heard God. And we're going to go into to kind of Joshua's life to see up to this point of where he could easily step into courage because of the presence of the Lord. He knew the power and the presence to get into the promise. Um, 
And so that's kind of where we're headed today. And um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joshua. And so he was actually 19 when Exodus happened. So he was there when he came out of Egypt. He was barely 19 is really young. So he had seen a lot, right? He was able to witness the Red Sea and um, Moses calling the Israelites out and all of the fighting and things like that. He served as Moses's aide for about 40 years. He was 59 when Moses died and when he became the new leader of Israel. So at this point of God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous, he had seen a lot, right? Like our whole book of Exodus, Deuteronomy, all those things, Joshua had been a part of it. He was one of the Israelites. Um, we also know he was one of the spies that went up into the land and said it was good, um, and so Joshua, I think at this point, he was ready to take the promised land. He had seen the victories. He had seen and crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. He had been on the mountain when Moses was taken up in the glory cloud. He had seen some stuff. Um, so God tells Joshua he would be with him just as he was with Moses. But by that time, Joshua had known that voice. He knew the promise it held and the power to back it up. He had witnessed the power of God before that. He knew that like what enemies we face, I can be strong and courageous because I've seen the power of God. I've seen it work. Um, so Joshua had spent 40 years listening, watching, and waiting for this moment. Exodus 33 tells us he took care of the tent of meeting, the place where God's presence would, would dwell. So when Moses went up into the glory cloud, God had given him instruction on how to build the tabernacle where God's presence would be, where Moses would speak to him face to face, where like a friend and um, God's glory would be. So Joshua actually took care of that. When Moses would leave the tent, Joshua was out. He would stay, the Bible says, outside of that tent. So he never left it. And I know one reason is probably Joshua... He was protecting, make sure no unauthorized visitors would come into the tent. But I also believe it was because Joshua knew that that's where the presence was. And he wanted to be where the presence was. He had seen the working of it. He had seen Moses' face when the glory just was on his face after he had met with God. And I believe that Joshua wanted that. I believe Joshua had a desire and a hunger to meet with God the way that Moses had met with God. And he just wanted to be near the presence. So I think it was more um, of just who Joshua was. He had been hungry after it. And so he knew that he didn't want or couldn't have the promise without the presence of the Lord. And um, he didn't have this hand-me-down faith. Numbers tells us that he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So when we, get, when we want the presence, we naturally, it's because our hearts are following the Lord wholeheartedly. We're not giving ourselves away to other things. Um, you know, at one point he was there, he was the one that warned Moses about the Israelites in the golden calf. Like he hadn't, he didn't want a part of that. Or the Israelites wanted to serve other gods. They wanted to be in the presence of other gods, this golden calf and worship it. But Joshua knew the real thing. And he knew what the presence of God was. And I just believe he didn't want that other stuff. He didn't want to follow other gods. He didn't want any room besides the Lord because he knew the calling that he had on his life. He couldn't do it without the presence. Um, he had also been with Moses in Exodus 24 on the top of Mount Sinai. So he would have witnessed this glory enveloping Moses. So um, the Bible tells us in Exodus 24 that it was just Moses, and it says in, um, he took up his aid, Joshua, to go up to this mountain of God where people were down there trembling. I mean, the fear of the Lord was at this time 
was people trembled. I mean, the mountain was enveloped in smoke. It looked, it, the Bible says it looked like fire to the people below. I mean, they were scared, but Mo, Joshua was able to go up there with Moses. Um, so he saw a lot. I mean, he saw Moses enter into that um, cloud in that time with God. Um, and God saw Joshua's servant heart and longing after the presence. I believe God saw that. And that's why he had asked when Moses said, Lord, who is going to lead your people after I die? Like these people are hard headed. Like they are going to just, they're going to perish. Someone's going to end up killing them, either their enemy or you're going to kill them because someone needs to lead these people because of their stubbornness. And, um, and God tells him to anoint Joshua. And so God met Joshua off of his servant heart and long after his presence. In Exodus 17, I love this story because it's when Moses, we all know it, it's when Moses is going up and he's fighting the Amalekites. Joshua's actually down in the fight. And Moses is up on this like rock type mountain overlooking and it's when he holds up his hands and we all know that story. As soon as he drops his hands, they start, the Israelites are start losing. But as soon as Moses lift up his hands, they're winning. Um, but I love this part after it, um, when the fighting, they had won because Aaron helped Moses with his arms. But um, God says to Moses, he says, when he tells him to write this event, he, event down, he says, make sure Joshua hears about this. Make sure Joshua, out of all the people, he said, make sure Joshua knows what happened this day. And so Joshua's down in the battle and probably didn't know all that was going on up top. So God was saying that, Moses, I want Joshua to know that when he's fighting, what I was doing up on the mountain, what I was working out, what I was causing to win, my victory, even though he was below, he wanted Joshua to know. Um, and so God wanted to show himself to Joshua. And I believe what God is saying today is how much he longs to show himself to us. That how he has made a way that we can see him and experience the glory cloud. That we can experience his presence in a way that was so foreign to all the rest of the Israelites but Moses. Like how he made a way after generation of generations so that that wouldn't become an isolated event, but that his glory could envelop us in our own home in our own time with him and that we could see him that we could see his heart what he was doing all the law how we could obey it um so we're going to look at hebrews 12 and it says you have this verses 18 through 24 in hebrews 12 sorry i don't have it up there but it says you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear, but... This is for you guys. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in, joyfully, in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. So at Mount Sinai, Joshua would have been here. 
they were told no one could go upon this mountain. They would die. Not even an animal could touch it lest they be stoned to death. The fear of these people that were before the presence of God, that God had made himself known. But see, we don't come to Mount Sinai. We come to Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is the heavenly Jerusalem. It's a place, it is where God sits. And right now it is established in heaven. It is God's throne. It is on top of Mount Zion. It is the heavenly Jerusalem. But I believe that because we are in Christ, the Bible says that we are seated in Christ in the heavenly places, that he is bidding us, God is bidding us to come up to the mountain. He's saying, come up here, freely ascend because, because I have given my son in exchange for you. And he wants us to come to this place with him, this place that is far above all to meet with us, just like he met with Moses. And Joshua couldn't even meet with him the way that Moses had. But we now have this opportunity to be upon Mount Zion and look and gaze upon the glory of God. And he's just bidding us to come, right? Like, I, and I feel like it, where I was going with Caleb was even just, you know, there's so much that we can get distracted with, with the battle going on beneath. But the Lord is saying, my children, come up here, come up with me, because you get a different perspective um, when you're up here in my presence. And so this week, I'd um, been spending some time with the Lord, and I had this vision, and um, I, I just saw this vision of heaven. And I just remember that the Lord was just calling me up and calling me higher into heaven. And he just was saying, come up above the clouds, above the heavens where I am seated. Um, and I don't know if you guys, and he was like, the air is cleaner up here. And I don't know if I remember Amber's word from last week, but I feel like it was confirmation where, you know, the Lord was calling us out of the dust, that he wanted us out of the dust so that we could go higher. And so the reason he tells us to go higher is because there's a different perspective up there. There's heaven's perspective. We get to see what God is doing, what he's saying. And I don't know if you've ever climbed a mountain, like a really high mountain, but the view point is so different than what you've seen below. It's like you're just in amazement. It's like everything just kind of goes away. I don't know if you ever climbed a really big mountain and whatever worry you had, it kind of just disappears because it's like oh, things are just so much smaller. You know, everything's, the air is clear. There's no dust up here. You know, it's just the air is so fresh. And I think that's what heaven is. I feel like the Lord is just wanting to tell us that heaven is refreshing. Like when we get into the presence of God, it is refreshing for our soul. Just like that, the air is clean. We can see there's not dust, you know, there's not a bunch of confusion in heaven. But up there, it is just, it's peaceful, it's joyful. God speaks clearly to us, but, it, but we have to get in the presence. And I feel like that's the Lord just saying, come up here with me. Come ascend to Mount Zion because I've made a way for you. Like he is so worthy of us to do that. Um, and like our identity is in heaven, right? Because it says, like I said before, we're seated in Christ in heavenly places with God. Like if that's our identity, we get access to it now. We get access to the throne room. Paul says, we boldly go before the throne of God. We boldly go. Like God wants us to come to him, to spend time with him, to see his ways, to love on him and let him love on us. Um, so Joshua, Joshua's under this old covenant, right? Where they couldn't just ascend the throne of God. Not everyone could just talk to God. Not everyone could experience that glory. Um, you know, Joshua was an Israelite. But what we get is Ephesians tells us that we're actually a new humanity, and I love that, right? Like it's no longer Israelites and Jews in Christ, or Greeks, 
Jesus created a new humanity. And I thought about that this week and I was just like, wow, do we act like we're a new race here on earth? I know that I don't. Sometimes I can act just so worldly, but I'm actually a new creation, a new humanity that is outside of our current earthly humanity. Like that's what we are in Jesus. We are this new thing that was created in God to have access to God and actually bring heaven down on earth. But how can I bring heaven down on earth if I don't know what heaven looks like? And that's spending time with God. Who knows what heaven is like and what we can lose better than God himself. He was declaring and he's speaking and he wants to give us dreams and visions and so much more of himself. Um, And he just longs for us to be in his presence. And, you know, where Joshua, he saw Mount Sinai, God was looking to the future and he saw Mount Zion. He saw a way for all people to be saved. You know, Joshua, he saw the law, and God saw relationship. That's what Mount Zion represents, apart from Mount Sinai, was relationship. Mount Sinai was the law where, you know, we had to all these regulations. It represented sin and death, Romans tells us. But we get freedom and life in the Holy Spirit on Mount Zion where God dwells. Like, we can dwell in a holy city. And... um and Joshua, he saw this geographical promise of the inheritance, but God saw the eternal inheritance that would be made available to us, right? So God, that's why I love that God is always forward thinking. We can sometimes get so caught up in the now or what's going on now, but God is always already at the end of our life. He's at the end of this year, right? He's at the end of all the ages to come. And so he sees that when he wants to give us dreams and visions and tell us about that. I mean, he wants to give us hope and courage to step into this year that we don't have to be afraid. Um, Paul says that the ministry of Jesus is superior to the old covenant because it's established better promises. So even though Joshua was about to inherit all this land that God had promised him, like how many more promises do we get? Eternal promises, an inheritance that's kept in heaven for us that will never spoil or fade and these are the things when we go up and we look to the lord and we spend time with him we have that perspective where these things of earth don't matter it says that the the wicked have their mind set on earthly things and i don't know about you but when i get into the presence of god my mind is transformed into thinking of heavenly things I don't regard people as the world regards them anymore. I don't regard my situation as I is a terrible or negative, but I have hope when I've spent time with the Lord. Like he gives me he gives me courage to go into the day like I can live because Jesus lives and I live in him and he lives inside of me. Um, Hebrews 9 says that Christ is the mediator of this new covenant that those who are called may receive this promised eternal inheritance. So that's our promise, no matter what happens, no matter what season we're in, no matter what's going on in the world, is that we have this hope of glory in Christ Jesus, that we have the glory cloud accessible to us, like Jesus is the glory cloud, and we can get swept up in it. Like, what an honor that we can experience that here on earth, and that we can experience the thing of heaven now. Like, I've always told Greg, I believe when you're a believer, eternity starts now. I get all the things that Christ has given to me. Yes, my body is not going to be glorified yet, but wow, like all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, and I have access to them now. I have access to Mount Zion. I have access to the God who can heal me through Jesus. Um, and Joshua, so going to names, Joshua's son of Nun, 
Um, none actually means posterity, which is future of all the future of all generations. And Joshua means God is salvation. Um, the same meaning as Jesus, but God. So if you put those names together, it says God is the salvation of all generations. That's what the promised land was all about. That's what the covenant was all about, was that God was going to save all generations through his son, Jesus. So we are saved so that we can have relationship with him, that we can be in his presence. That's what our, our salvation is. We have the grace to go before the Lord and lay everything down at his feet. And I just even hear him right now saying, cast your cares on me. Like, come up to the mountain and throw it all down. Everything that you're worried about, all of your fears, just cast them down before me. And just look at me and let me hold you. Let me love you. Because I've made a way for you. That you don't have to sit in the dust. But I've called you out of the dust. And your body may return to the dust, but I've made your spirit alive that you can experience me, the living God, that I'm not the God of the dead, but the God of the living, that each one of us has been made alive, that we don't walk around like the world walks around just dead and dead inside and dead in our mind and our heart, and we don't act that way, that Jesus has purchased us so that everything that we do, we bring kingdom, we bring life to every situation. But that's why I feel like the Lord is telling us to get in his presence because I feel like so many of us, I can, and I say this about myself, just struggle of like, okay, just negative situations or fear. Like one of the, the seasons I just came out of was just the spirit of fear was just so attacking me. But that is not my promise and my inheritance. And I had to just get up the, the grit and say, spirit of fear, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Like God did not give me that spirit. And, you know, but it came with getting in the presence of God because when we get before the Lord, he is the only thing to fear, and everything else just has to fall. Everything has to bow its knee. Fear has to bow its knee. Depression, anxiety has to bow its knee at Jesus. But if I'm being attacked by those things or, you know, I'm having such anxiety, when I get into the present, it's like it just, the Holy Spirit comes and washes you, and you're covered by the blood of Christ. And the enemy is not allowed in the presence of God. He's got to flee. Like I just said, depression, it's got to go. Just any stronghold has to be broken in the presence of God because that is who God is. And so I just want to encourage you, there's so much of why God wants us there because he wants to help us to see where we really are from and that those things don't have to have a hold on us. We don't have to walk that way, but that he has given us new life and freedom. And, um, and so Jesus even says, that how blessed we are. He said, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Like we're a part, like now is the time, such a favor of the Lord's favor that we can see him, that we can get, we can know his word. I mean, think about how many prophets, they didn't have the Bible. I mean, they had transcripts in there, but we get the whole entire Bible in many translations, you know, but just to be a steward of what our ears are able to hear and what our eyes are able to see. Like, Lord, help us be a steward of what you have given this generation of the body, access to you, the things that we have, the time to give you. So Joshua, I feel, you know, 
as he's going to the promised land and God tells him those three things, he has witnessed the presence of God. He hungered after it. And so for our body, as we enter in this season of courage, just to remember, to we don't want to go without the presence, you know? And when we come to church on Sunday, we're not expecting Travis to feed us, right? Like to be the presence of God. Like we, the, the Lord is like, let me teach you and tell you about myself during the week. And then we come together as a corporate body on Sunday. And that's when the consuming fire hits this place. And that the glory of God will come even more because we've experienced it all in our personal lives during the week. And we've longed after God. We've thirsted after him in our quiet time, in our day. Um, and so we just devote our lives to meeting with the Lord. It's where we learn his voice to obey his word, where we get our courage and so and it says the best way to know God is to spend time with him, right? And it, so many people say, you're like the five people you spend the most time with. And if God is not one of them, then we're, we, we may not look like God, right? And so I want God to be one of the mo- top five people I spend the most time with because I want to look like him. I want to be transformed like him because I don't have a fight and a battle without the presence of God. I don't want to go up against the enemy, against, I mean, I believe he is squatting on some territory. Maybe we'll preach on Caleb another time, but, you know, he is definitely squatting on some territory that's not his. But I don't want to go without the Lord. I don't want to fight without him. I can't. When I try to do it in my own strength, it fails every time and I lose. But when I'm in the Lord and when I trust his strength and who he is, then I can have courage to fight and face anything. Because when God is behind me, the enemy doesn't see me. He sees Jesus, and he's got to go. So when we go, and we're going to start, and I feel like we're going to go into this city, and we're going to see a lot of brokenness. But I just even now just are having this vision, like when we go, that they're gonna, the enemy is going to start seeing Jesus behind us so big, and he's going to see this mountain, and he's going to have to leave. Like we're not even going to have to call out darkness because the spiritual realm, demons are going to see Jesus, and they're going to flee. And it's going to be so easy for us. The harvest is going to be easy when we get into the presence of God because we will have glory. The presence of God gives us glory and that we walk in that and that things have to leave. There's freedom attached to our name. There's there's victory in the battle, all the battles to come. And so it's always going to transform us and it's always going to prepare us. Um, So Joshua knew God had to be near and in his presence. He could have courage to enter the promised land no matter what the enemies awaited because his I am was with him. He would have known him as the great I am. And so I'm going to just end with this. Well, I'm not going to sing it. Y'all don't want me to sing. But Eddie James has this awesome song I recommend you to go listen to, and it's called The I Am. When we get before God in his presence, this is all that the Lord is for us. And so I'm going to read it um, and just think about all that we get when we go to Mount Zion, when we go through Christ, the blood that speaks a better word, that we can enter into his holy presence, into the holy of holies with him. Um, And he says, I am the Lord. I'm the almighty God. I'm the one from whom nothing is too hard. I am the shepherd and I am the door. I am the good news to the bound and the poor. I am the righteous one and I am the lamb. I am the ram and the bush for Abraham. I am the ultimate sacrifice for sin. I am your redeemer, the beginning and the end. 
I am Jehovah and I am your king. I am Messiah, David's offspring. I am your high priest and I am the Christ. I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the bread, I am the wine. I am your future, so leave your past behind. I am the one in the midst of two or three. I am your tabernacle and I am your jubilee. I am hope, I am peace, I am joy, I am rest. I am your comfort and relief from your stress. I am strength, I am faith, I am love, I am power. I am your freedom this very hour. Like when we get before the presence, that very hour, the Lord is our freedom from whatever has us in bondage. That very hour, he's our freedom, he's our hope, he's our peace. Um, And when I was praying this morning, I feel like during ministry time, but the Lord had said that, even maybe it's somebody watching or someone here, um, that someone was afraid to go up to the mountain. That sin and condemnation and shame have kept them at the base of the mountain. That they've been too afraid of the Lord to come before him because they were so ridden with guilt and shame. Um, But God just wanted to just tell you today to come that he will make you clean, that he, Jesus forgives us of all of our sins by his blood that speaks the better word. And so um, if that's you during ministry time, I'm just praying that the presence of God would meet you. If you're watching, that the presence of God would just meet you and all that, and you don't have to be afraid because we fear the Lord, but he also casts out all fear. So when we come before him, all fears are casted away. Um, so yeah, if that's you, The Lord is saying, just come up to me. You don't have to be afraid that he will make you new and clean. Um, So I'd love to pray for you guys. I'd love to just bless you with the presence this week, um, that we would have the grace. It says God has lavished his grace upon us um, through Christ, that we can do this, that we can give give him our time. The best way to, one of the best ways to revere and tremble before the Lord is to say, you're worthy of my time. Just start there. You are so worthy of my time to give. I thank you for today. God, I thank you that you are here in the midst of us, Lord, and that you want and long for a relationship with us, God, that it's your heart's desire that we would know you. Like what other God is like you, that you would just want relationship with us and you made it possible through Jesus. Lord, I pray this week, God, as the enemy just tries to steal and distract our time with you, that you would hold him off, God, that you would just um, protect us, Lord, protect our time with you, Lord, that we could experience your presence, Lord, that we would be strengthened in the innermost place, Lord, in the innermost sanctuaries with our time with you, God, that we would have new visions and dreams, God, we would have breakthrough in your presence, Lord that that is where we would fight our battles is before the throne of God, of gazing upon Jesus's beauty, that he has already won it all, that he is there at the end of ages victorious, that he is the lamb that was slain for our behalf, and that we can join an assembly of angels singing, Lord, that that is our place, that is our identity. So if the world down here gets crazy, would you take us up there, God? Would you take us far above the noise, the distractions, God, all of the, um, the voices down here, Lord, all of the dust that's being kicked up, Lord, take us above, Lord, where you are seated, where your thoughts are higher, God, and your ways are higher. 
Lord, that we would be wrapped in your arms, Lord, and we would feel your love and everything would just melt away, God, and that you would just give us the grace this week, Lord. And I thank you that you bid us come, Lord. May we come to you, God. May we answer you while you are still speaking to us, Lord. Thank you for the gift of who you are, that it is an honor, God, that we share to come together in your presence, Lord. We worship you, and you are worthy of our time. I just declare it, God. You are worthy of our life, Lord. Anything that we could give to you, Lord, you can have it. God, there is nothing that we can keep that can compare to you, Jesus. Let us consider it all a loss for the sake of knowing you. May that be our heart's desire this week, to gaze upon your beauty, Lord, and dwell in the temple of God all the days of our life. And we just bless you, Jesus. We thank you for making a way. And that this, and I just declare, the city of Athens shall be saved, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brittany. So if we have the worship team come up here, and we're just going to have a, a time of worship and ministry, our uh, ministry team members that will be available here on the side to pray for you if you want prayer for healing or for anything else, they're there to pray. But let's stand up. So we'll worship, and like I said, this is a time to receive some ministry from the Lord. Or like, or like I said, we have our ministry team members that will pray with you as well.